Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. We're very happy to be here. This is Earl Stewart, the recovering car dealer, and I'm live now. You were listening to my recorded introduction there. We're in the studio again. We're all wearing masks. Uh, the new normal. Uh, how do you feel about this? It's uh, it's an interesting time in our lives, isn't it? I was born in 1940, and I've been through a lot of crazy stuff. This is about the craziest I've been through. Uh, so uh, we're here to address a particular part of the craziness, which is how to buy a car during the pandemic and how to buy a car without being taken advantage of. You might say, well, that's what you've been talking about for 17 years, and this is true, but things have changed uh, during this COVID-19 situation. It's uh, changed everything. Uh, It's changed the way cars are sold, bought, uh, everything. Amazon, uh, Publix, uh, Target, uh, Costco. You're probably buying more online now than you are anywhere else. When's the last time you went into uh, a brick-and-mortar store? Uh, You're you're nervous about it because you're having to wear the mask, wash the hands, social distancing. So these are crazy times. We we want to make your life a little easier, and I think we can. We've, we've adjusted uh, in full disclosure and transparency. We are uh, a car dealership. We have a car dealership. We've been doing it uh, for quite a while. Uh, Rick Kearney, Sue Stewart, Nancy Stewart, all my, my team here in the uh, in studio, radio studio, uh, we, we're in the retail business, and we sell cars every day. So we've adjusted uh, tremendously the way we adjust cars, the way we sell cars, and uh, so have uh, most other dealers. Uh, Strangely enough, and this uh, amazes a lot of people, the car business is fabulous today. Car dealers, uh, not all of them, in certain pockets of the country, if this isn't so, but I would say generally speaking, the car business is as good or better today than it's been in a long, long time. People are buying more used cars, more new cars, and uh, it, it's, it, it baffles me. Uh, but let's, uh, I'm not, I accept it, I'm glad, because I am a car dealer. And uh, we are, we're, we're having record month after record month. And uh, not so with service so much, but new and used cars. So it's happening everywhere. But we're gonna tell you how to adjust your uh, procedure in buying, things you should do a little bit differently than you did before, because you're the reason the car dealers don't sell well. You're buying more cars. Uh, I'm gonna go around the uh, studio here, and we have a very, very special thing that uh, is happening uh, today, and I'm gonna let Nancy Stewart, my co-host, talk about it. She has uh, been with me since from the get-go. She's a founder of this show back 17 years ago with me when we were only half an hour, and she single-handedly uh, gets the prize for building our female audience uh, to parity, 50-50. And why shouldn't it be? 
They buy half the cars. They, meaning you ladies out there, thank you, thank you, thank you. You do the service, you do the parts buying and the car buying, so you should be an equal voice. Well, I'm going to turn the mic over to Nancy. She'll tell you something that we should have done a long time ago, but thanks to her uh, prodding, it's happened. So, Mrs. Uh, Sunrise and Nancy Stewart. Okay, thank you. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, I want to thank all of you for being with us this morning. You're at a, an enormous, important part of the show, everyone. And uh, I also want to reach out to the ladies and let you know that uh, I have $50 for the first two new lady callers this morning. Uh, if you have a question, uh, an opinion, uh, a constructive uh, criticism of the money. So the first two new lady callers, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Uh, how about uh, lightning? Well, uh, that's a real exciting part of our mystery shopping report. Absolutely. Um, I'm so excited about it, and we do have Agent Lightning, a female mystery shopper. And uh, my hat is off to her. She did what I think a great job. It took, um, well, some know-how. It took a little dramatics. And uh, you just don't qualify uh, with one attribute to be a mystery shopper. A mystery shopper. Uh, so um, she did very well for the Historic first time. part of the show. Uh, finally, after 17 years, we have uh, equal shoppers going out. We have a female shopper uh, full-time, and we have a male shopper full-time. Uh, they went out together last week, and that was the training mission. Uh, uh, Agent Lightning passed with flying colors, and she did her solo mission, and that will be discussed in the latter half of the show, and we'll leave it up to you. Please stay tuned. The second half of the show, Agent Lightning who is now alternating with Agent Thunder for a mystery shop. And uh, we learn a lot from those mystery shops. Let's, let's go to uh, Stu, who is our cyber expert and our mystery shopping expert. He's a spy master. He def and, you know, excuse me for interrupting you. I yeah. gotta thank him for coming. He was, that was pretty clever. Uh, you know, he names these mystery shoppers. And uh, we have Agent Thunder. Now we have Agent Lightning. What's next? Well, he, he's pretty creative. How about a child? I'll oh, we can't do that. No, I'll tell you what. The uh, that 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 used to be true. Um, I used to make up the names just to make it sound clever. I liked Agent X. It sounded mysterious and threatening in a way. Uh, no, actually, Agent Thunder came up with his own name, and I think uh, he and Agent Lightning uh, worked out worked out the Agent Lightning mm -hmm. name themselves. So they came up. They said, "Hey, that's what we want to be called. That's our call sign." I said, "It sounds good to me." And uh, there you go. So, we got a lot of folks out there that aren't familiar with the report, so Stu, why don't you tell them a little bit about what's so exciting and different about the mystery shopping. Okay, so this actually started along with the show. I think it was, the, it was always a feature, going back 17 years, and every single week we send a undercover agent to a car dealership, um, large or small. It could be a big franchise new car dealer. It could be a 10-car lot, you know, uh, just a buy here, pay here, or just an independent place. And they go in and they uh, pretend to be a real buyer and they go in and uh, see what happens. So sometimes there'll be a, uh, a theme for the mission. We'll find an advertisement that looks too good to be true or just something that looks just really, uh, really sketchy. <laughs> we'll send them in on that. Sometimes we'll send them in and say, 
don't have a plan, just see what happens. Or yeah. sometimes we'll go in there and go in there and be a pain in the butt to the salesperson. Really challenge them on everything. See what happens. Another persona is to go in, go in and just uh, be, let themselves be taken advantage of. Believe everything they say. So it's a lot of fun, and there's a lot of variables that we can do. So are you amazed that we? I know I say this every week, but I I just I can't get it out of my head. We have never been sued. You would think somebody would right. sue us because right. they were angry, but they haven't sued us. And we name names of salespeople, sales managers, dealerships, yeah. and we actually use the word criminal oh, yeah. and crime, and you broke the law. And lie. Now, now if, I, if I go up to Rick Kearney and I say, Rick, uh, you stole uh, that guy's spark plugs, and you didn't do it, and I did it maliciously, boy, uh, you could own the dealership. I mean, I, if you say something malicious and it's a lie, you go to jail. Oh, I yeah. mean, you can not, maybe not go to jail, but you, it'll cost you a ton of money. Yeah, the closest thing that happened, <coughs> we were um, somebody tried to intimidate us. That was awfully Solney. It was two years ago. Yeah. And, uh, and we now were, we're friends. We we're, were buddies uh, with yeah. awfully Solney, and uh, and not because of that. That wasn't any <laughs> that wasn't any agreement. Uh, but yeah, they they wanted us to stop saying that they were selling Takata cars uh, without disclosure, yeah. and uh, we prevailed in that. So, um, but it's a lot of fun, and I'm also really surprised that after all this time, you know, there's a limited number. I mean, there's a lot of car dealerships, but there's a limited amount, and we have managed to cycle our way through the big and the small, and um, and it helps by having somebody like Agent Lightning, and this is addressed in the report with a fresh face. Um, exactly. We can kind of. Hit all the ground that we already uh, that we already tread. So it's uh, it's exciting. I like having a lot of new opportunities, and it makes it makes my uh, my job a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, let me give these numbers out. Uh, we've got uh, if we go 10, 10 minutes without numbers, it's not a good idea. Our call-in number is eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. Again, that call-in number eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. Texting is very popular. I prefer texting, but I don't say that. I, I like the call-in because you have the humanity, the warmth, uh, the personal touch. The texting is good because we can backlog them and get them to them in, at different times as the show gets busy. The text number, a lot of people just prefer it because, uh, you know, they don't want to be live on radio. Text number, 772-497-6530. Text 772-497-6530. And arguably, it has become, surprisingly, the most popular input to the show, youranonymousfeedback.com. Mm -hmm. They start coming in the day before the show, and uh, people just love total anonymity. When you use this, youranonymousfeedback.com, when you use that, no one can ever find out who sent it. And you have total anonymity. You can say anything you want. Interestingly enough, we don't get a lot of attacks. We get we get a few, uh, but uh, most of it is just normal stuff. People want to find out, and youranonymousfeedback.com. Uh, so please, uh, oh, I forgot to mention that the telephone calls we get priority to because we don't like people to hold for a long time. We've only got three or four lines coming into the radio station here. That's right. And so we don't want to have one. On hold tomorrow. Do we have somebody so, holding now? And, and uh, we're going to take advantage of that. Uh, Jessica's holding, and uh, oh, she's cool. call, she's calling us from Seabrook. Ah. Jessica's a regular caller, and uh, she's re she's a regular listener. Her and her husband, Nigel. Good morning, Jessica. What can we do for you this morning? 
Hey, Jessica, you there? Yo, Jessica. You got to turn your radio down. Me? Jessica? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hi, Jessica. Hi, good morning. How are you? Great. Thank you for being part of the show. Uh, I was just telling everyone, I don't think you heard me, that you are a regular part of the show, uh, you and your husband, and uh, we thank you for tuning in. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having the show. It's absolutely awesome. We we learn something new every single week. Oh, thank you. What can we do for you this morning? Okay, so here's my question. Do car dealers prefer that you um, finance versus paying cash? Oh, yes. finance, yeah. uh, uh, finance through through the uh, dealership that you're purchasing the vehicle from, or yes. or finance yes. from your own bank, or no? Do do they do they rather have financing? Would they rather you finance through the car dealership itself yeah. than to pay cash or come in with a check from another finance company? A thousand percent, yes, Ab- absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, dealership is going to, you know, well, they're going to make a, a whole lot more money uh, by financing that deal. And uh, what happens is you've got the dealership, uh, um, you have the middleman, you've got, uh, there are a lot of people, there are a lot of players. And um, it's not to your advantage. Uh, there's more ways of taking advantage of you. And, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of consumers that think that they could pay uh, cash, and, and this is going to be a big advantage. Uh, so uh, with uh, that said, I'm going to turn this over to uh, the star of the show, Earl Stewart. What do you yeah, have to yeah, say? Yeah, Jessica, they make twice as much car dealers, make twice as much financing the car as they do selling the car. Profit on the sale of a car day is very low, uh, uh, new cars especially. And uh, they, uh, make, they make up for it by financing, and they're allowed to mark the interest rate up from what they get the money from the bank for. So they go to a bank, too. Car dealers do not finance the car themselves. A lot of people think that. They actually work with a bank, and the bank finances the car, but the car dealer gets a kickback from the bank. So the bank will charge the car dealer 2.5% for the money, and then they give the uh, price to the customer, you, Three and a half, four and a half, five and a half, eight percent, as much as they can get away with. They mark up the money and they make a huge amount of money on that on that margin. And then they sell you things like maintenance, uh, gap insurance, extended warranties, and a lot of other things. So, if a, if a car dealer today is, they'll have a net profit. If they're lucky, they'll have a net profit of eight hundred or a thousand dollars if they're lucky on a new car. Whereas in the finance department, they'll make up to two thousand dollars or or more. It's not uncommon for a dealer to make four or five thousand dollars on the financing of the car, and they'll only make maybe a thousand dollars on the sale of the car. So, always arrange your own financing through your bank or through your uh, credit union. And uh, if you deal with a dealer, sometimes the manufacturers have good rates. So, if you're buying a Honda, and Honda Finance will uh, loan the money at a subsidizedly low interest rate, that can be a good deal too. And, and, and Jessica, another okay. thing is the when and when you're in the finance department, they have a lot of things to sell you. That's another step in the sales process. So they sell uh, finance uh, insurance products and other things that, to buy, and it, some of these cost thousands of dollars. When you're s- selling it to somebody who is um, looking at a payment, 
it's a much easier sell to say, hey, you buy this warranty, it's going to cost you $15 a month versus saying, hey, I got a warranty, it's going to cost you $2,500. So once you get somebody converted to, to financing the car, selling a lot of stuff makes it a lot easier for the dealer. And, and also, Jessica, uh, let me ask you this. You said something about paying cash. Uh, I have to ask you what your thoughts on that are. Um, do you feel that you have an advantage by paying cash? <clears throat> I, I was thinking that there was an advantage by paying cash or even getting outside financing. It, it seems like there's a difference in the attitude of the car dealers like, no, you know, don't pay cash. It doesn't make sense. You know, we have financing. That's true. Absolutely. And a lot of people, uh, I hear this a lot at the, at the dealership, uh, you know, a customer will say, well, I'm paying cash um, with the, the, intending to say that it's a better uh, deal for the dealer. Um, you know, you're getting your money all up front. But like Earl said earlier, when, when, when you finance a car through a you know, third-party lender or, or manufacturer's lender, the dealer's getting paid all at once anyway. So when uh, you're making payments to the bank, but the dealer gets all his money, so there's no uh, cash doesn't have the appeal it might have had in the past if a dealer was financing the car himself. Got it. Mm -hmm. Got it. Wow. Yeah, there's okay. a, there's a, well, thank you so much. You're welcome. You know, as I always say, knowledge is power. And uh, uh, you're doing your homework prior, uh, not only just shopping for your vehicle, but to uh, shop for, you know, financing, um, you can save yourself a great deal of money. These dealerships make an awful lot of money uh, whenever you have uh, them, you know, uh, financing and selling you everything but the kitchen sink. I hope I answered your question and the panel answered. Is there any other questions? No, absolutely. Um, actually, my husband had a question, but he's run out to the garden. But I can tell you what his question was, if that's okay. Oh, okay. You he wanted to know, because he's been seeing all these commercials about, um, he's new to this country. So he's been seeing all these commercials about car shield the warranty so he was wondering if it's worth it and i've i've listened to the show i've heard your thoughts so i i just i just wanted to you know he wanted to know from you if if the car shield if that's a good deal if we have an older car is that does it make sense okay great um jessica we'll answer that question uh we'll hang up right now and uh, we'll answer Nigel's question, if you don't mind. Sounds good. Thank you for having the show. It's absolutely awesome. We appreciate it, and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Spread the word. And have a wonderful weekend. Okay, what was Nigel's question? Okay, uh, Nigel was, uh, his uh, topic was warranties, and he was uh, interested in information on, I believe it was Car Shield. Is that yeah, what he said, Stuart? Yeah, the warranties, mm -hmm. uh, the warranties that are being merchandised on television, by email, uh, by phone solicitation, are garbage. I got one the other day uh, on my car, and they shotgun out these uh, warranty offers. Typically, they're powertrain warranties, meaning that they're valueless. And uh, they charge a lot of money for them. So, uh, if you're going to buy uh, an extended warranty car, try to buy one from, through a manufacturer. And if you buy one through a dealer, be sure you find out carefully what it covers, what does it not cover, and how much uh, it costs. 
because uh, rule of thumb, don't buy an extended warranty. Yeah. Buy a reliable car. If you buy a car that's recommended by Consumer Reports, reliability, maintenance is low, you don't need a warranty. But if you feel better, if you sleep better at night, uh, shop and compare warranties. Don't deal through the mail or the television. Deal with the manufacturer or the dealer, but then be real careful when you're dealing with a dealer. And uh, Prices, in my opinion, are too high on the warranties. Yeah, and uh, Nigel, uh, uh, thanks for the question, but I gotta tell you that uh, these warranty companies, they're in business to make a whole lot of money. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, we are, well, first of all, let me give you that phone number, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. We're going to go to Frank, who's been holding. Thanks for your patience, Frank. Well, good morning, Nancy and Earl and the rest of the gang. First off and foremost, I need to offer you an apology. I did not listen to your advice a few months ago, and now I need your help how to untangle this mess I got into. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Now, what can I do? Well, I co-signed for my son's truck mm-hmm. um, a few months ago at your dealership, and um, which it was a it was a very nice, pleasant experience as far as your sales lady and, mm-hmm. and uh, I believe his name's Franco in the back and. Anyway, it was, a, it was a good experience. Unfortunately, my son only made the first payment, and now he's not making payments. Oh, no. Hmm. Oh. So, uh, of course, they're, they're calling me because the title's in my name with him. And um, obviously, I'm making the payments because I don't want my credit score to get messed up. And sure. He's not answering my phone calls and things like that. Um, regretfully, now, in retrospect, he took both keys. So um, I need to get the truck back. And I did speak to someone in your service department. They said you can't just give me a key because they're right. computer coded or something. So I guess I need to tow the truck to you. Is that the best way to get it? Yeah, that's the only way it's gonna. Um, yeah, because we need it on site to program. Oh, I only asked Rick. Is it possible to with a laptop, or you have to be tied into um, the system to program? Could it be done offsite? Um, technically, it can, <clears throat> but for me to actually do it with the laptop, yeah, I have to call back to the uh, shop and a manager, well actually you could even do yeah. it on TIS, yeah. has to go on to the Toyota site and authorize my request to release yeah, that remotely. key code to me so that I can the reprogram the computer. Yeah. Yeah. It would be, yeah. yeah. And we can get your deal on towing. Frank, I'm real sorry that happened. That's a, uh, uh, I know it's a lot worse than just having your credit ruined when you have a family situation like that and I'm very, very sorry to hear it. Uh, usually one of the best things to do when you have an issue, a credit issue, is talk to the lender. Uh, the lender is probably Toyota if you bought the vehicle from us. And uh, we can certainly talk to them on your behalf, uh, see what alternatives. And uh, you know, I, this is not an uncommon problem, unfortunately. And uh, I know how you must feel about it. Uh, we give you some advice on the value of the truck and uh, what you could get it for it. Uh, and see what the payoff is a lot of we can get all that kind of stuff out of the way and but the number one thing is alert the lender so they know what's going on if they know that uh, they have a person that you they can deal with and answer questions the thing they fear is car being left on the side of the curb people don't make their payments and they disappear that becomes a very expensive thing to a lender but when there's a friendly conversation going on things get a whole lot better so we'll help you any way we can uh, 
uh, we'll uh, we'll get you uh, get that car towed in. We we'll probably yeah. get you a free tow. Yeah, absolutely, Frank. Just give me a call, and um, I can help you arrange all that. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a Tacoma truck, so I mean, as far as right. um, is it is it hard to pull it up on the truck if it's locked and stuff? Uh, Rick mm-hmm. could probably answer that, but we can. They drag it basically if you, they can't get into the vehicle. So, uh, worst okay. comes, they they would use a flatbed and they'd yeah. simply drag it right up on. Yeah. Or if they were yeah. going with a regular tow truck, they would jack up the back end and put dollies under the right. rear wheels. Well, the good news, uh, Frank, is the fact that Tacoma truck is a high demand, low supply vehicle, especially a used vehicle, and uh, the used car market is very strong now. And that works on your in your favor, so uh, we'll we'll come up with a uh, as painless a solution as we can for you, and we're very sorry this happened. Yeah, Frank, you oh, know no. it, it's a pretty sen- you know, sensitive uh, topic, uh, most definitely. You know, and uh, it wasn't. It's really great that you called us, and uh, felt so comfortable with the panel, uh, with the show. Uh, you are a regular listener to share this with us, and when you get into family. I spoke to you early on about this. You know, I too have children, and you get involved emotionally, and uh, you wear your heart on your sleeve, and sometimes these things happen. Uh, but uh, as Earl uh, said about a buyer's market right now, you're in good shape. Oh, yeah. I mean, the truck's three months old, and it's um, I, I haven't seen it. Unfortunately, it's down in Miami. Is that going to present any problem? No, I don't think so. Not at all. Okay. You, but you know where it's located, okay. correct? I believe so. So, okay. uh, well, I'll find that out and I'll come by and see you guys. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, thanks again for your for your show. Sure. Bye. All right. Thanks, Thank Frank. you, Frank. Give us a call oh toll free at eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text oh. us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. And don't forget www.yournanosfeedback.com. Dot com, And we have a fantastic mystery shopping report coming up, so stay tuned for that. I got a great text here that was relevant to your op- opening statements. Okay, from, let, let me uh, just uh, uh, mention, Rick, uh, a lot of people are new and tuning in. And one of the most uh, interesting things and beneficial things for the show, especially during the pandemic, is Rick's ability to answer questions about problems with your car. A lot of people don't want to go into the service department. Uh, they want to stay home. They have a, maybe a little noise or a squeak or a odor or a, a driving issue with their vehicle. And maybe they don't want to have to go in and wear the mask and sit in the waiting room and so on. You know the drill. So if you have a little something uh, that you'd like to ask Rick about the drivability of your car, a problem, just give Rick a call. Been in the business uh, for a quarter century plus. He knows everything about cars and he might give you a shortcut or a suggestion that allow you to delay having to spend the money or come in and expose yourself. So uh, Rick Kearney, he's here and willing to take calls. So sorry I interrupted uh, Stu, go ahead. And we have a text from Andreas and he says, good morning, Earl. I'd like to take a stab at answering your question. Why are so many consumers buying new and used cars? I believe it might be because it is one of the great freedoms to be mobile. I also believe that it might be out of necessity, a relative of mine has been given a tremendous opportunity to interview for an excellent job, but the interview is very far away. He needed to quickly purchase a more reliable car. Others need a vehicle for critical hospital visits. Lastly, it may just be for fun or because you're tired of your old clunker. If I had more money and less sense, I'd have a garage larger than my house because I like cars. (laughs) And that's Andreas. Very good points. We love people like you, Andrea, and uh, being a car dealer. 
and all car dealers love people who love cars. You know, uh, seriously, on the uh, why people are buying more cars, Nancy's asked this question uh, uh, a couple times at the beginning of the show. Uh, we haven't had a lot of input. We'd like to have your input. Uh, I'll tell you what uh, my theory is, uh, and this is just from uh, Nancy, as my personal experience. We're more or less quarantined at our home, and uh, I, we get cabin fever. I mean, you sit around the house all day long, uh, and you just want to get out. Well, where are you going to go? I mean, you're not going to go uh, uh, to a store. You're not going to be walking around Costco. Maybe you will. We don't feel comfortable. Now, we're seniors, and we don't feel comfortable. So what do we do? We hop in our car, and we drive around, and uh, you know, we could go somewhere that's wide open, park the car, walk around, get back in the car. But we feel perfectly safe in our car, and I think a lot of people feel that way. Mm -hmm. And that is the reason cars it's a, are poor. It's a bubble extension. Yeah. You're extending your bubble. Exactly. There you and go. a lot of people are taking staycations. Uh, I talked to somebody the other day, uh, a customer, it was actually a complaint. Uh, he lived in Boca Raton, and uh, he was over at the uh, Hilton, I think, in Singer Island. Mm -hmm. And he took his family from Boca to Hilton, and he needed a nice car uh, to take his family over there. So this is a kind of uh, psychological uh, impact that has caused the surge in car buying, in my opinion. Absolutely. Uh, we are going to go to New York. Ooh. And uh, buckle up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> See y'all. We'll be back. We have, uh, we have Lisa holding. Uh, good morning, Lisa. A little humor there. Good, Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. And thank you so much. Um, I agree 100% about the car and the bubble. You know, calling from New York City, where we were at the epicenter of the pandemic, we were locked down for, you know, months and uh, even though we're back at work you know the city is pretty desolate and a car is freedom absolute freedom so you know we went to Connecticut one weekend via train which wasn't so safe and uh, we noticed that we were able to eat outdoors this was at a time in New York where we didn't even have outdoor seating so we made a decision to buy a car at that moment and I actually had called Earl Stewart and asked about how to go about the process and you guys were so helpful, and I wanted to give you an update about where I am and also just tell you where New Yorkers are in general about buying a car. It's so difficult to buy a car right now in New York. Dealerships are closed, but, of course, they're making special appointments, and uh, we're actually on a list for a brand-new car. Wow. Um, so we went through Carvana to get our first car um, just a few weeks ago, and unfortunately, it was a lemon. Oh. So uh, the experience with working with Carvana was really uh, tumultuous. It was uh, it was not an easy process. I think they were at a very low capacity for staff. Mm -hmm. um, but luckily, when we got the lemon, they took the car back within seven days oh, at a hundred percent refund. Oh, fantastic! So that was Great. fabulous. So, uh, so going down the rabbit hole and doing all this research, we realized, um, and by the way, the car that we purchased was a Mini, a Mini Cooper 2013 uh, Countryman. Uh -huh. And we noticed that uh, Mini was working on a program with students and with members of the active military where um, this, this particular model called the Mini Oxford was available to them at $20,000 brand new, and it included about $8,000 worth of um, additional options, you wow. know, like a moonroof, heated seats, 
And it was only available to, like I said, college students and members of the active military. Uh But it turns out, with all the research, thanks to Earl Stewart and family, um, and going down the rabbit hole, I found online that they actually opened up the program for everybody during COVID. So it's no longer, it's just this great option. So we decided, let's get on this list. Let's try to find it. And, of course, it was almost near to impossible because everybody in New York City is looking for a small compact car for parking. You know, we live in Manhattan, so of course it's very difficult for parking. So uh, luckily I have a friend that I went to high school with and a dealership that was nearby, and we were able to get on um, to acquire the car, but of course they had to order it. It's it's coming from England. Uh And so we're going into the dealership this week, and um, I want to be very well prepared for this because... Apparently, with this particular model, there's no negotiation. You know, the price is the price, and it has been confirmed on quite a number of different consumer sites online. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no negotiation involved, which I understand. And then I also went into financing versus leasing. With this particular car, you can't lease. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did read that you're supposed to at least give 50% cash if you want to get on any type of financing program. So we're prepared to do that. And uh, also prepared to ask questions like, is there a prepayment penalty on the financing? Is the interest front-loaded? And uh, uh, we are prepared to also use our own financing. If if they're not willing to negotiate those terms, we can definitely go in with our own financing and, like I said, a check for half the money. So um, these are the types of things that I feel like are so important to be well-equipped and ask these questions, especially that there is no negotiation involved on the sticker price. Is there anything else that you think we should be prepared with? I understand that listening to your show, you know, only get the manufacturer's warranty, mm-hmm. you know, try to avoid all the extra warranties. Is there any other advice that you have for me walking into this, you know, being a first-time owner? Um, I just want to make sure that we're well-equipped. Lisa, and, uh, before before go. Earl answers your question, I just want to uh, I just mm-hmm. want to congratulate you uh, for doing the homework that you did. Uh, I mean, what a great story that you shared with us. You did a fabulous job, and you're still looking Thank for you. more information. Uh, my granddaughter lives in Manhattan, and she spent three days trying to purchase a vehicle, and she finally did. She got on her bicycle, and I'm not sure what the destination, final destination was, but she, she found herself a, a Range Rover. But congratulations again. You certainly did do your homework. I'll let Earl uh, finish uh, answering uh, your few questions you have left. Lisa, the only thing I didn't hear that you might want to consider doing is check with the competition on your Mini Cooper. Uh, you have a price. You should have the Altador price from this, from this dealership. And uh, I would uh, go online, you don't have to drive anywhere, and I would go to two or three other Mini Cooper dealers, even if you had to go to New Jersey or Connecticut, uh, you know, even. uh, The idea is to have someone give you a competitive idea of what, say, I've got a car bought in New York, a Mini Cooper, this is the price, this is my off-the-door price, Uh, what can you do for me? You you should compare uh, competitive prices uh, the fact that they won't negotiate the price, uh, that's okay to say, and that's okay for, I understand many uh, Coopers can be in short supply, and that may be the exact case. Uh, the fact that they won't negotiate the price is not so bad if it truly is a high demand, low supply, 
as long as they don't put in hidden fees. So that's the reason you need to get the out-the-door price. Now, you, you need to say to the Mini Cooper dealer when you're, uh, before you come in, uh, I'll, I'll be bringing a check in uh, from my credit union or my bank or my personal checking account. I need to know what to write the check out for. That precludes them, that, that, that warns them that they cannot be adding any hidden fees or dealer-installed accessories. Uh, often the price that you hear, get on the phone or email is not the price you get when you get inside the dealership. Yeah, you know, we actually did that. We went to White Plains. We went to the Ray Katona mini dealership in White Plains, and I do want to call them out sure. because uh, they said that we had, they had a car on hold for us. They showed us the papers. They said it was a black mini with uh, black interior, and of course it was the same price that this particular dealership quoted, mm -hmm. as well as a number of dealerships. It's 20600 is the cost. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I said, it's about $8,000 worth of options that are included in that price. A, a regular Mini will cost um, almost thirty k at that price with the options that are included. Well, you've so, covered it uh, all. If you've got, if you got, if you got competitive prices, uh, like Nancy said, you did a marvelous job of research and, and being careful. I really think you probably will end up financing it through your bank or credit union. The interest rates are very low today, and if you have good credit, uh, you should be looking at an interest rate at 3% or less on a new vehicle. And, uh, okay. if, and if you can get that from your own bank, I would, I would uh, let the dealer know that this is what you can get, and if they can match it or beat it, that's fine, but chances are they won't. Okay, great. Yeah, that's very helpful. And I might want to just include that Ray Katona tried to cash our $10,000 check because they said the car fell through, and they tried to actually cash our check, but we took the money out of the account mm -hmm. uh, when the car fell through. So um, just wanted to call them out because we felt that was really inappropriate for that, for that uh, dealership to do that. All right. Well, that's all very helpful. I'm glad that, uh, you know, we're, we feel really good about walking in there. And we have to just thank you because we love listening to your show. Thank you. And uh, without you guys, we wouldn't have felt uh, really comfortable even buying this car because, of course, it's all happening, you know, super remotely here in New York. So um, thank you so much for informing us all. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for being All a right, great example uh, for the ladies that are, and they are out there listening right now. You did a fantastic job. And uh, ladies, let me remind you, you uh, can win yourself $50 this morning. First two new lady callers, give us a call at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Uh, now back to the recovering car dealer. Yeah, Rick has got a YouTube over there. Let's hear from from Rick. Hey, good morning. <clears throat> Andrew is asking, do car dealerships purchase advertising packages from ad agencies such as the mailers when they send out a key or a, a lotto number to bring you into the dealership? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a big industry. Uh, uh, I get um, solicitations on email, Facebook, every other way. There's a huge industry out there for scams and uh, bait and switch terrible often border line and sometimes illegal and they will uh, come up with uh, ways they they'll they'll try to let you believe if you're a car dealer they'll guarantee you this number of people and they will guarantee you'll sell this number of cars and if it's direct mail and oftentimes online advertising that they manage oftentimes it is I would say almost without exception 
deceptive and, and, and sometimes actually illegal. Uh, stay away from all advertising. I, I know this sounds like a, an overstatement, but uh, it's not. Ignore all car dealer advertising. It's all phony. Believe that. Do your own research. Go online. You go to the Consumer Reports, Costco. Uh, we, uh, you can go Kelly Blue Book, Edmonds. There's a wealth of information. Go to Google, and you can get all the information you want on cars. Don't pay any attention to the advertisements. Once you respond to an advertisement, the dealer has got, has got a leg up on you, and it becomes an argument and a negotiation. Do your own research, come up with a price you'll pay, get three competitive prices, forget the advertising. Great That's right. advice. Um, and Guy Larrabee's asking, can you enlighten us on the manufacturer's holdback on the MSRP and why this practice is used by most manufacturers? <laughs> You know, I, uh, I, it's been there forever, it's and when I started in business, a bit lying. yeah, <laughs> when they started in business in 19, uh, 1968, I can remember talking to my father, and I said, uh, uh, Dad, what is this uh, 2% that Pontiac puts in the invoice? What is this uh, for? And uh, he told me it was, and he believed it, I think, he says, the, the manufacturers are worried about the dealers, and uh, this way it's a forced savings for them. So Pontiac and General Motors are kind enough to hold hundreds of millions of dollars of the dealer's money. By the way, there's no interest paid on that money they hold. And back in that time, they used to keep it for a year. And so the dealer would struggle for a year. At the end of the year, he'd get this big check, hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, or millions, depending on the uh, size of the dealership. And then they would have the money. That would that would save the dealer from being irresponsible and uh, and gambling the money away or using it on parties and who knows what. So that was the that was the party line for the manufacturers years ago. It's a way for the manufacturer to keep the dealer's money. Now they give it back to you every 30 days. And when you sell it. Yeah, and or when you sell the car, so you get it back. But. Uh, the, the, the irony is the dealers like the holdback because it allows them to say to the customer, this is the invoice, this is what the car cost me. Right. Meanwhile, there's holdbacks, now it's holdbacks plural, used to be just 2% or 3%, but think about it, average ticket price today is about $50,000, so 2% is $1,000. Or 5%. 5% is thousand. No, no, no. I'm saying we're, we're about 5% yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, 5%. Yeah, about 5% hold on. So you're looking at thousands of dollars in profit in the invoice for the car. And so the dealers like that because they can trick the customer. So everybody's happy. The manufacturer keeps, gets to keep the dealer's money, and the, and the dealer keeps to keep your money. Yeah. And so it's like a the holdback has become a game. And why it's legal, yeah. I don't know. It's really weird. We pay, we overpay for the car by about five percent, and yeah. then we get it back when we sell it. Yeah. And like you said, the fact that they're each, it's all, it's silly. So one's called actually called holdback, one's called uh, dealer uh, mm -hmm. uh, 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 delivery uh, participation, that dealer that. acceptance price or. Then there's floor plan assistance, and yeah. then um, some distributorships will have holdback on the accessories that you add to the car. So the more accessories you add to yeah. the car the more holdback there is, which inflates the price of the car more, which makes the, so the dealer Just remember this, better. when you're looking, if the dealer shows you the invoice, 
and says, I will sell it to you at this price, he's probably making $4,000. He's making more money selling you a card invoice than he did if he sold it to you uh, uh, normally. Yeah. So uh, holdback is, you know, you, you feds out there, someone out there, listen to this, the whole auto industry is a conspiracy against the consumer. I know people out there saying, the man's crazy. He's lost it. You know, he's got, his mind has snapped. If you think about it, think about the billions of dollars that are being stolen from consumers and dealers. The price, you know, if I'm selling this bottle of Purell, I should go to the Purell company and pay him a dollar for it, and that should be the price. And then I'm going to mark it up to a dollar seventy-five cents, and then I'll sell it to you. I don't get a five percent kickback from Purell when I sell this bottle. The only people that get that kickback are car dealers on cars. So sorry, I went on a rant. That's there. okay. Go to EarlOnCars.com and look for Earl's article called "Hold Back." I mean, sorry, um, hold back or hold up. Hold up, exactly. And uh, yeah. it explains everything in detail. A yeah. lot of great columns uh, that uh, Earl has written through the years, and there's a lot of information for you to gather right there. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We uh, want to thank Keith for his patience. He's giving us a call from Stuart. Uh Keith, are you still there? I'm here. Oh, thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I just recently, well, a couple of years ago, I bought a Tacoma pickup. And what I'm seeing is out there is a lot of pickup trucks, especially Toyotas, Thunders, and, and Tacomas, that the roof and the hood is all faded out from the paint, and they're relatively new. Uh, my question is, what causes it, and what can you do to stop it? Well, uh, there's, uh, Keith, there's a couple things. It's, it can be defective paint, and uh, it can also be environmental issues. Uh, Florida is a real tough state. The Sunbelt states are all tough on car paint, and you have a lot of sun coming down, and uh, you uh, have a lot of salt in the air if you live on the coast. Uh, there's a lot of environmental situations. You're... you're your Toyota warranty covers your paint for three years or 36,000 miles. Uh, it, 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 once it gets out of the warranty, then it becomes a negotiation with the manufacturer and the dealer. Uh, if you have clearly a problem with the paint, and Toyota right now has a big problem with white paint. Uh, white paint is peeling off uh, a lot of Toyotas, different models, and uh, the manufacturer finally felt so guilty about it that they're taking care of it. And if you have one of those white cars, and it's a Toyota, you bring it into a, to a Toyota dealer, uh, the manufacturer will pay for a paint job. I'm talking four, five, six thousand dollars $6,000. My dealership is making a lot of money uh, painting uh, Toyotas now. Uh, I hate to say it, but we love the idea. We can give you a brand new paint job. Toyota reimburses us, and you've got a brand new paint job on your white Toyota. Now, other colors, uh, there, are, there is not a recall on other colors that I know. And uh, there is no assistance from Toyota or the other manufacturers. Uh, you have to ask for it, and that's where the that's you have to find a dealer that considers you important to them, and they will go to bat for you with Honda or Chevrolet or Toyota, and say this car is only five thousand miles out of warranty. It's only six months out of warranty. 
Uh, the paint is clearly defective. You can, uh, if, if it's true, they could say uh, this uh, customer kept the car in his garage or he waxed it every three months or whatever it was. In other words, uh, be your advocate and go to the manufacturer and say he needs some help. Now, maybe they don't give you a, a free paint job, but maybe they pay for half of it. But you have to, the squeaky wheel gets the oil, so make some noise about it and you might get some help. Okay, my my question is, I don't have the problem. My question is, I want to know, how do I avoid this from happening? Well, sometimes you can. I mean, if you're buying a car with defective paint, you're going to have a problem. Uh, the, the white Toyotas, uh, what do some of the models do? Camrys? Uh, well, uh, yeah, Camrys, Corollas, Avalons, they're specific model years. Um, I think it goes uh, up to like a 2012, I think it's the... Um, 2016. A good yeah. rule of thumb, if your if paint is peeling, it uh, flakes off, it's called delamination. If you see your paint delaminating, it's probably a uh, defective paint yeah. uh, issue. So uh, well, I think he mentioned the like the, the fading issue, and that's yeah. that that, pre that precedes the the peeling by years, yeah. and it was the white paint. Can, uh, what I was saying is you can't stop the delamination that's going to happen. What you can uh, mitigate, you can control, would be to wax the car. And if you can keep it in a garage, if it's possible, but the exposure to the sunlight and salt uh, is uh, just a fact of life in Florida. You need to wash your car uh, frequently and wax it. Some people say every 30 days. I, you know, I think that's too much, but I'd certainly say every three months you should wax your car and you should wash it uh, weekly. What color is your car? Your uh, blue. Blue. Yeah. Blue. Okay, so most of the problems that we've seen historically uh, with the fading issue was it was white paint, and the code is 0040, and the other is the red paint. Um, there has been too much, so uh, taking care of your car, like Earl said, you know, waxing it, um, you know, will help the finish stay nice. Um, but there has most of the problems that were with the white colored cars. So um, as long as you're taking care of it, I think you might be uh, in good shape. Okay, do you recommend a certain kind of wax to put on it? Yeah, with a clear coat. Yeah. What's, what's the name of that it's substance? Car, it's Car Carnuba Wax, and it's just a natural wax. Um, that's what Alan, our body shop manager and collision expert, so recommends. Spell that. Uh, I think it's uh, C-A-R-A-N-U-B-A. Carnuba. Carnuba, like yeah. yeah. And when you buy wax, uh, Carnuba is also the ingredient. Yeah. And you can buy uh, all good wax has Carnuba in it. And if you don't buy something called Carnuba, then you can find something with a high uh, Carnuba content. Uh, right? Okay, yeah. I appreciate, appreciate it. Thanks. You got it. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you, Keith. My favorite Give us a one, call again. My favorite one is Mother's California Gold. Okay. It's got a, a good Carnuba wax, and the nice part is if you're going to be out there really working and busting your butt with it, it's also got a nice cherry fragrance. Mm. Your car it's got a great good. name, too, and you love your mama. Yep. So you want to buy a mama's Absolutely. California Gold. That's good. Okay. Rick, would you say that... Um, just because the, the car comes from the factory and has been a poor paint job, that this is the reason that there are so? Because, you know, there's been quite a few people that have complained to me about their paint peeling. I almost wonder if it's more that, because it, it seems to be a thing almost across the board. I wonder if manufacturers across the board are trying to put a little less paint, a little lower quality, and they're just trying to save a few pennies here and there. And maybe not get the, the the thickness of paint that they should have, 
or maybe they're speeding it up too much or something but yeah. uh, uh some, something you know, it just it just seems like it's they're they're looking to save pennies I cutting think, corners uh, and I, I think we feel it more in florida as i said because we're a sunbelt state oh, know, absolutely. if you're in different parts of the country you don't you don't hear this kind of complaint well, you think it's the elements okay we okay, we're going to go we to john in palm city good morning john good morning to everyone talking about the south florida sun uh, I want to bring up a point that I was told about, and my first thought was a flood car. Has Rick ever ran across a car that had all new liner put in the trunk, lining material, everything brand new, and my suspicion was a flood car, which had nothing to do with that. Incidentally, we have to be warned about flood cars in the market now with all the rain we've been having and that hurricane that ran through the east on two weeks ago. But has Rick ever seen a whole brand new liner and floor mat and everything in a trunk on a used car? Oh yeah, because it doesn't necessarily need to be a a flood car per se, but say if it had a bad gasket and it was leaking into the car, a body gasket, anything that allows water leakage into the trunk, you know, obviously they're going to replace all that stuff in order to get it cleaned up and repaired. Well, how about a new one that I heard about? The in in the trunk, the donut blew up, and it caused a lot of damage. So they had to put all new lining in. Have you ever heard that? The donut that sits there from the heat and dries out after a while, especially a car that's not garaged or under a carport, sitting outside at a condominium, whatever, mm-hmm. and it actually blew up in the trunk, and it caused a lot of damage. Some one person told me even that it needed some paint. Uh, touch up in the trunk but I guess you never heard of that right I never heard of that I've I've never heard of that happening but I certainly I could see where it's possible uh, donuts are generally rated to be inflated to 60 pounds of pressure and of course most people will think well it's going to lose air so I'm going to set mine at 75 or 80 and you get a little too high too much pressure too much heat and maybe a defective tire it could happen Right. I thought it was very unusual, but it, it oh, can happen. So unusual. as you say, especially with 60 pounds of air in it and that heat after a while and the, and the donut drying up yep. could be a major problem. Yep. The second thing was in a motor vehicle and a tag agency. And we always talked about parts by the manufacturer. They're supposed to be available for, what, roughly 25 years after the car is built? 10 years. 20, 25? 10. Well, this guy, we had time to talk waiting. He has a Ford Thunderbird. He bought it in 202 when they first come out, that 11th generation car, just like the 55 when it came out. And he had about 22,000, he has it, with 22,000 miles on it. And he said to me, I'm very sorry I bought it. To begin with, he said, I paid 5,000. It was a gift for my wife for her birthday, he said. And I paid 5,000 above the MSRP. He said, yes, I know I was an idiot. He said, but I wanted the car. I remember years ago, first car I drove in was a 55 T-Bird, and nostalgia, I thought I'd buy this for her. Well, here's, here's the problems that he'd been running across. As I say, it's got a Jaguar platform in it from a Jaguar S or a Jaguar HF, I'm not sure. And he said, first thing is, he had to replace two of the coils, and there's eight coils in it. Liquid probably, no, uh, Rick, on the uh, uh, mechanics of it, it's one coil per cylinder and he said 
Then I was told I made a mistake. When you replace one, you have to replace all, and I think they're 90 or $100 a piece. But then this is the worst part that he told me. There's a failure in his front electronic module. Okay, that's called an FEM, he said. And that went. And that was a problem because it was discontinued by Ford. But he was able to find a rebuilt one through some source. I forget what. And then he said there's also on that same car a rear electronic module. And he said if that goes, they're impossible to find. So here's a car from 2002 that could be a major problem to find parts for. I can imagine, you know, other vehicles might be involved. But he said the big mistake is that this uh, T-Bird, being owned by Ford, had a Jaguar S uh, components in it. Hmm. Has Rick ever ran across any automobile that this FEM front electronic module is a problem or the rear electronic module? No, but I... And by the way, he told me if you get a used one or something, and Rick would know that too, you just can't plug it in and it has to program specially to fit the uh, individual car. Is that true? Oh, yeah. Lots of lots of computer modules have to have what's known as a handshake or be programmed to the car. But right now, as it stands, when a car model is discontinued, when they stop producing that car model, the manufacturer is required to keep the parts available for 10 years. However, at the end of that 10 years, it's anything goes. So... Uh, yeah, a lot of old parts just become very difficult to find, and I've even run into that uh, three times in the last week at our shop, where older cars have come in, and the parts that we need for them simply are no longer available. Probably easier to get than ever before with the databases we have, and and there's a very sophisticated use. Used to be junkyards, and now they're highly sophisticated, uh, computerized. Uh, it's almost impossible not to find a part if you really look hard enough. Uh, if if it's still available, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Well, that's what he did say on the uh, computer. They were able to locate this part, not from Ford, but through the uh, computer, this yeah. front electronic module. Yeah, but you wouldn't believe, I mean, a car 22,000 miles, again, not to mark Ford, because they do pay, play good, you know, make good cars, but what a headache it could be especially the fact that this was Jaguar components in it. Yeah. Just thought I would bring it up. Thank you, John. Always uh, interesting and informative. Uh, we love you. Thanks, Be John. careful on that used car, though. Pay $100, $150, and let a mechanic check it out, yeah. because there will be flooded cars out there, and it won't be on the Carfax. Exactly. You're exactly right. Great the advice. single most important thing you got to do when you buy a used car, bring it to your mechanic or someone who is at least not employed by the guy you're buying it from. Go to a third-party mechanic who is trustworthy, pay him a couple hundred bucks, and you will be very, very happy you did that. It, you almost don't have to do anything else. If you do that, you don't need auto check, Carfax, uh, you don't need to call the previous owner. I say you don't need to. You probably should do all of that. But if you go to a good uh, technician and he goes over the car carefully, uh, it's, it's the best guarantee you get that you're not buying somebody else's troubles. Absolutely. Absolutely. Agree. And don't overfill that spare tire with this experience that I heard. I heard, yeah. Thanks for the warning. Thank you so much, John. Okay, John. Okay. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend. 
Thanks for being part of the show. Uh, you know, uh, when we open the show, I usually remind everyone about uh, the uh, car dealers that we expose. You know, we have some great mystery shopping reports where there's some great dealers out there, and then there are some that aren't so great. And that leads me to this, reminding all of you that we need your help. We can't do this alone. And uh, therefore, we implore you to, uh, well, get in touch with Ashley Moody. She is the Attorney General. She can do so much for us. And uh, you can do it uh, uh, getting in touch with her a lot of different ways. One is to give her a call at 850-414-3300. And uh, you can help us to uh, eliminate these yeah, bad dealers out there. I'd like to hear somebody uh, call us and tell us that I tried to get hold of Ashley Moody and uh, she didn't get back to me or she did get back to me. Uh, uh, somebody really ought to try to call Ashley Moody. She is the ultimate answer to uh, dealership unfair and deceptive advertising. So uh, take Nancy up on that. Get, give us that number again, Nancy. That number is 850-414-3300. And she is there to protect the consumer. So help us help you by getting in touch yeah, with get, Attorney get General Ashley Moody. See if she's there. Maybe she's not. Maybe she doesn't answer the phone. She might I'm be out to lunch. Yeah, it could be. Let's okay, get to some texts over there, Stu. You got uh, some texts over there? We got yeah. 21. Okay. We're going to go. We'll, we'll get to him. We'll get him next week. Right? We're going to uh, go to Michael, who's giving us a call from Lake Worth. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. I sent you the text of the addendum sticker from the Kia dealership on almost six thousand um, dollars I was just flabbergasted and on my return to Florida as to how the addendum stickers and dealer fees have gotten so out of control I um, sold for and worked for dealerships in New York for many years oh. and of course in New York they're limited to a $75 dealer fee yeah not not thousands of dollars yeah, I'm looking at the picture like right now. Here in Florida. Wow, five thousand, six thousand dollars for nitro fill, wheel locks, mud guards, um, a pinstripe, and then what right. is uh, the recommending oil change? You have to pay for the recommendation <laughs> in, yeah, a, in a car wash. <laughs> Neil, nice. Yeah, we, we mystery shopped them. That was from K Greenway Ki Kia um, out there. Where was that in West Palm? It used to be West Palm Kia. And uh, we mystery shot them a couple of weeks ago. Oh, well, boy. Uh, Michael, the reason you have a $75 cap on dealer fees in New York is because you have an attorney general there that cares about the consumers. And I, I just wonder why Florida is the wild, wild west. Every state is better than Florida. There is no state, 50 states, there's no state that has no cap, no requirement on what you name the dealer fee, and no cap on the number of dealer fees. Uh, the amount is the worst part. Theoretically, a dealer could charge a million dollar dealer fee if he could find somebody stupid enough to pay it. There is no, and you could call it a dock fee. He could call it a notary and closing fee, electronic filing fee. So you can name it anything you want and you can charge as much as you want. And Ashley Moody, our attorney general, just sits there and ignores it. And but I congratulations on 
having a good attorney general in New York, uh, Michael. I, $75, I don't like $75, but it's one heck of a lot better than $5,000, and at least everybody knows what to expect. In New York, you go into a car dealer, you're going to pay $75 for a dealer fee. Uh, you swallow it, and you do it, and nobody gets tricked. When you go into a car dealer in Florida, you have no idea how much it is, how many there are, and usually you don't even see it. You just get the paperwork printed out and you go home and maybe you read your contract uh, a week later and find out that you got screwed. Right. Well, you can see it in, in whether it's an appearance package or a, or a taxable fee, then you know that there's fees in there. Yeah. But obviously they're taxable because the state fees aren't taxable. Exactly. Knowledge. Exactly. Um, because I was recently trying to negotiate some um, Nissan dealerships, and yeah. uh, you know they'll delay the appearance package, which is you know nothing, you know baloney. Mm -hmm. But they um, you know don't want to waive their dealer fee because they claim they have to charge everyone the dealer fee. But of course, the dealer fee can be taken off the price of the car. Sure. If um, somebody negotiates it. Well, Michael, thanks for the call. It's always good to, good to hear a comparison with other states. I didn't know New York. Uh, I think New York actually has a lower cap than uh, California. I think California went up to maybe $100. And uh, as I say, as long as all dealers do it the same way, then the buyer is not at that disadvantage. He can factor that into his negotiation and competitive pricing. Right, and, and, and it's much less frustrating. Yeah. Um, to try and figure out all these numbers and, and uh, exactly. you know, try and get a decent deal here in Florida. Well, thanks for calling, Michael. It's always good to hear from a previous car salesperson, and you're an insider, and uh, you uh, cooperate what we're talking about here. And I thank you very much for the call. I hope you can call again next week. Definitely. Thank you. Great thank call. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget, ladies, $50. First two new lady callers. Haven't we had a, a new female caller? Wasn't Lisa from New York new? Oh, okay. Okay, we got some text. Yeah, from Anne Marie. Good morning. I noticed a Tesla recharging station in a parking lot. Can all electric vehicles use that equipment to recharge their batteries, or do the different electric cars require different equipment in order to recharge? Um, have the electric car companies developed one standard system to charge electric vehicles? Or is this going to be like electric cords, where some countries have two prongs, other are three pins, etc., and there is no set standard worldwide? Signed, curious about electrics, but still keeping the gas zipper from now. And that's, of course, from Anne-Marie. Um, the answer on that is no, Tesla's superchargers are proprietary, so you have to have a Tesla to use that. For the most part, the other um, electric chargers are universal and most will be, will, you can use on them, yeah, use those. Tesla was providing the charging for free originally to Tesla owners and they ended that recently. I think maybe one of the models still gets free, uh, one of the newer ones, but um, so they were paying for the electricity. Um, and also, I, do, I did see out there online that there, people are developing adapters that would, you know, if you had, say, a, a Leaf or um, another electric vehicle where you use that adapter and then you could use the, the Tesla supercharger, but I don't think that's in widespread use at this point. Anne-Marie always asks the yeah. best questions. She is one smart lady. That's right. Very. Thank you, Anne-Marie. 
Okay, we have another text from John in California. It says, good morning. My question is about the extended warranty. If you do get one, and when the warranty ends, does your monthly payment get reduced by whatever the amount was at the time, or does it get reduced by the amount going forward with the monthly payments? No, it doesn't. So uh, once you buy it, you're gonna that's going to be part of your uh, monthly payment until you're done paying off the car. And what's worse is if they sneak it in on your contract, and you find out about it a month later, even though you haven't used it, you're still going to be making the same payment, but the yeah. amount that you have to pay out, it'll pay out a little sooner. Yeah, if you, if you take it, it off at the end of the contract. Correct. If you cancel it, uh, let's say you just you just didn't want it anymore, um, you cancel it, your payment stays the same, yeah. but your payoff will come down. So, um, We have another text from Steve in New Jersey. It says, good morning, Earl. This is Steve from New Jersey. Regarding the Mini Cooper caller, even if the car is in limited supply and the price is fixed, suggest negotiating for free or reduced costs for routine maintenance um, and or accessories. L lastly, when minis are unique, in, uh, lastly, while mi minis are unique and fun cars, they are notorious for repair issues per Consumer Reports. While most cars don't need an extended warranty, in my opinion, minis aren't one of those brands. Suggest negotiating a discounted extended warranty price. We agree. Right. Um, unfortunately, in Florida, you can't do that. So um, their insurance products and their, the prices are set by the state insurance commission, uh, registered by the dealer uh, with the state insurance commission, and you can't negotiate those. But in a lot of states, you can. Yeah, but you know, uh, the fact of the matter is an extended service contract is a big fat profit to the dealer. And it's a big fat profit to whoever you buy it from. It's a fatter profit when you're buying it on a TV or online ads. Yeah, these people are making fortunes on these extended service contracts. So let's get back to a car. You're buying an extended service contract. The state of Florida says this is a fixed price. That doesn't say they can't reduce the, the price of the of the car. That's correct. And so uh, that's the way you do it. It's like a dealer fee. They give you the nonsense about the dealer fee. I can't take it off the car. I said, don't take it off. Leave it on there. Reduce the price of the car by the amount of the dealer fee or by half the amount of the dealer fee. Yeah. Do the same thing with your extended warranty. Sometimes that even happens uh, uh, by the finance manager um, in violation of the dealer's policy where he'll cut the price of the car yep. so he can sell a warranty, make a commission on it, and then all hell breaks loose at the dealership. Um, but that does happen. Yeah. Um, Robbie and Stuart um, has another uh, question about the paint. It says, uh, we bought a new Forerunner Limited 4x4 from you a year ago. It's got the upgraded white paint. That's the pearl paint called Blizzard Pearl. Um, is that an issue? You were just talking about white paint. Is that, are all Toyotas affected by this? And the answer to that, Robbie, is no. There's a limited set of uh, vehicles um, that are, and the newer ones aren't part of that, that, that recall. And you're under paint warranty anyway for three years or 36,000 miles. That's correct. Okay, let's go to David. David's calling us from North Palm Beach. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you very much. I heard that Arrigo Dodge was sold. Is that correct? Well, I hadn't is heard that. Is that owned by Chrysler? Is, if, if it, a big place like that that has more than one franchise, or more than one location, is that partially owned by Chrysler, or is that singly owned by the Arrigos? Uh, in Florida, there's a law that says a manufacturer cannot own a retail car dealership for more than one year. And uh, the reason that says one year is because sometimes a car manufacturer wants to find a different dealer and they buy maybe their dealership. Uh, let's say the dealership, the dealer is uh, uh, convicted of uh, a murder and rape and uh, mayhem and they have to get rid of that dealer. 
because that's about all the only reason the manufacturer will get rid of a dealer today. I'm being a little facetious. So if they want to get rid of a dealer, uh, they can buy the dealership and take one year to find another dealer that wants to buy it. So if uh, Arrigo sold out and Chrysler bought it, it would only be an interim situation. They'd be looking for somebody else. And I don't think that Arrigo, I'd really be surprised if Arrigo uh, sold their dealership. I, uh, if you have any information on that, I would be personally uh, appreciative yeah, if you give me the detail either. on it. And usually something when something like that happens, the rumor mill goes into yeah. overdrive and it gets starts spreading around. Uh, yeah. Even salespeople will hear about it. Where'd you hear it, David? Well, if anybody else, if anybody else hears about it today and they talk to you, I'd like to be informed about it. So yeah, give I'll me a call, or I'll, li I'll be listening to you. Oh, okay, happens. thanks, David. Okay. Appreciate it. Yep. And we actually Thank mystery you. shop the uh, Arrigo uh, West Palm Beach uh, today, so you'll you'll hear all about them today. Great. Thank you. You're welcome. Give us a call again, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget, ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers, and we also would like you to take advantage of www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Now back to Stu. Okay, uh, uh, Bob in store says, my question is, does the current RAV4 hybrid need special tires when replacing? I'm going to turn that over to Rick. I don't think so. Nope. Uh, just the proper size tires, which are a, a normal, very available size. Okay, very good. Uh, jumping over to anonymous feedback, which we have a ton that started coming in uh, uh, just after the show last week. So let's see if we can get to some of these. Um, I have a 2014 Grand Jeep Cherokee, or a Jeep Grand Cherokee. I took my Jeep to the auto shop for an oil change. He stated that I needed new air filters. The charge was $25 each. Was that a fair price? And how do I know if I really needed the air filters? Uh, please respond. Thank you. That sounds pretty cheap. <laughs> uh, that actually is a pretty decent price for them. And I would go with the old Missouri thing. Take me. me out to my car and show me the air filter in my car. Don't bring me the air filter because you could bring me anything that could be nasty looking. <laughs> Take me out to my car and show me the filter in my car that is dirty, yeah. and then I'll authorize it. Yeah. Good idea. Okay. Love it. Um, just also bear in mind that some of the uh, car manufacturers do include air filters as part of the required maintenance or the recommended maintenance uh, on the regular intervals, and um, uh, so just bear, bear that in mind. Um, but uh, like Rick says, um, I, I never even thought of that. They could use the same filter for years. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. <laughs> Get the dirty filter. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, <laughs> more anonymous feedback. Hello, Earl. I have read on many car blogs that the 2019 Corolla hatchback has some serious transmission issues. Uh, Toyota has even replaced a bunch of those transmissions. Uh, do you know if Toyota has identified the transmission problem and corrected it for the 2020 Corolla hatchbacks? I actually checked that out, and I talked to Mark Feldman, and he checked it out with Toyota, and we don't know anything like that is going on. Uh, I, I, if you're listening, uh, we'd like to maybe you could tell us which blog yeah. you saw that on. Are you, Rick, you're not aware of any of that, are you? The only thing that we did have was, I believe it was 17 to 19 Corollas, and it may even be a couple of other years, with the CVT transmission, we had a reflash reprogramming that we would do. Uh -huh. And in some cases, That's if that good. wasn't done in time, the valve bodies could have a problem oh, okay. and then it would require replacement of the transmission. Yeah. 
but as long as you got it done you know in time before any damage was done then you're po- totally fine they were completely safe yeah and we've done hundreds of those that's a good idea just looking online <clears throat> on those forums because oftentimes a problem that appears you'll see it out there before it becomes a recognized or admitted yeah. problem by the manufacturer yeah. yeah and that actually was a uh, a safety recall that that's right every owner was sent you know sent, it was put out as a recall to bring your car in for us to do that reflash on the computer Okay, the next one is exactly why we have anonymous feedback. Um, on the dealer fee issue, so what you're saying, Earl, is that basically the dealer should make a profit on the car. And then there's a little concerned thinking emoji, like the stroking the chin. Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds about right. They shouldn't be a business, and more, they should be a charity, and they should make a profit on us. And I'll turn it over to the recovering car dealer for that one. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's very simple. That is a common dealer argument. And nobody has a problem with a dealer fee that is thoroughly and obviously uh, conspicuously disclosed. And we talked to a guy from New York earlier on the show. And uh, no, I was from Lake Worth. He used to be in New York, sold cars in New York. And they have a $75 dealer fee all the dealers have a $75 dealer fee. It's printed on the buyer's order. If you buy a car in New York, you're going to pay a $75 dealer fee. That's okay. Well, it's not okay. I don't like it, but it's not harmful. It's just annoying. In Florida, every dealer has a different dealer fee. There is no cap. It can be any amount of money. It can buy, be by any name. It is not, the law is not enforced. Cars are advertised excluding the dealer fee. And consumers are taken advantage of and really wrecked over the coals, paying thousands of dollars, not 75, thousands of dollars more. And they don't know they're paying it. So uh, a car dealer or car salesman that wrote that text, that anonymous feedback, you're crazy. Right. You're wrong. You're, you're wrong. We're, yeah. we're living proof that you can make a profit without a dealer fee. Exactly. So. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Okay, next one, anonymous feedback. I waxed my car two times within the first six months of it being new, and the paint still failed. I have a th- three-year warranty on the paint, and the idiots at the dealership say this is because the outside influence is ruining the paint. I washed my car before I took it to them to examine it, and they said that they found traces of tree sap on the paint. What should I do about that? It's a Nissan Leaf in black color, uh, and it's from Real Hi-Fi Help. Well, you know, this is uh, environmental can uh, be a lot of things. Tree sap is just going to hurt your paint. Uh, bird doo-doo will hurt your paint. Uh, love bugs will hurt your paint. These are all environmental things. So there are elements that no paint is going to be impervious to. On the other hand, manufacturers like to use that environmental to get out of paying it. So it becomes a, a debate. Uh, I, I would be persistent if you're sure that you don't have tree sap on your car. Uh, I would make the argument, and uh, I'd, I'd ask them to prove to me that you found tree sap on my paint. But it's just a shame you have to get in that kind of argument. As far as I'm concerned, they ought to come up with a paint that, would, that you could wipe the tree sap off. I mean, why? I mean, this is the 21st century. Nanotechnology. I mean, I guarantee you that the uh, space shuttle or the, you know, the, you know, uh, uh, the Falcon the, Nine. Yeah, you know, the rockets that are going Starship. up. Starship. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, but there, there's no trees in space. 
<laughs> there isn't Cape sure. Canaveral. <laughs> but I mean, why can't you come up with a paint that when a, when a, when a, when a dove flies over and goes poop on your roof, uh, that you have to paint your roof? That doesn't mm. sound yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. It yeah. becomes part of the paint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Bob and Stewart has a question about uh, electric cars. He says, "How much does it cost? Uh, you, how much does it cost you to charge an electric car? We've never." heard that cost electric cars before and uh, I can answer that because we actually have the dealership we have several um, charging stations from a company called ChargePoint and they have a big network across the country you can find them with an app it's about five cents a minute um, is what it um, costs you so it's uh, it's cheaper in gas <laughs> and it depends on your battery how long it takes to charge the car. Well five so. cents a minute so uh, can you give a uh, or if you don't know, you don't know. But well, 30 minutes, uh, you can get a partial charge. An hour gets you a little bit down the road. I mean, yeah. usually people don't go to like a, a, a convenience store with you their. Can, you can you Google know. that. There's yeah. probably a Google. There's a on the average, uh, it costs you X dollars per mile uh, on on a charge. Yeah. Hey, as long as you happen to be mentioning the electrics uh, on YouTube, Josh Goldstein apparently he's got some good information here. He says that Tesla uses proprietary ports. All others pretty much are on an industry standard of the SAE J1772 type plug. And they, there's two different fast charge standards, but they all use that same plug. And Teslas, when they come from the factory, have an adapter well, they can use other to ones. use the yeah. J1772. And of course, now there are also people, are, uh, outside companies are coming out with adapters to let these other cars use the Tesla yeah. well, type chargers. Tesla's a monopoly now. Uh, they own the electric car market. They got uh, chargers all yep. over the USA, and uh, so they can do anything they want to. The other char the other manufacturers should, should copy, let's say it's proprietary, uh, Elon Musk should allow anybody to copy his chargers. Uh, yeah. you know, why, why fight it? I mean, well, now that, he's, now that he's charging for electricity, it makes sense. When he was giving yeah. it away, I understood why he wanted to make it yeah. uh, exclusive. Did you know that Tesla is worth more than all the Detroit cars? Yes. I mean, yeah. and uh, wow. Tesla is worth more on you know stock-wise than Toyota and Volkswagen combined. Yeah, Elon is now yeah. the fourth richest man in the world. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, the, 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 the Electric car, Tesla, the same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, nobody's close. Uh, next, Texas. I heard that the Tundra will get a design change to the model year 2021. Have you seen one? And when will they be introduced? And that's from Everett. Um, I think that the redesign's coming in 2022, actually. And there will be a hybrid Tundra, which will be pretty mm -hmm. neat, too. Yeah. Um, but we got to wait a little bit longer for that. Yeah. And, uh, oh, we have a repeat on the last question. I'll jump over to anonymous feedback. Um, Boo-hoo. It's too bad that car buyers are now informed smart buyers thanks to people like you, Earl. I kind of feel sorry for the next new car salesman I encounter because it's going to be a well-informed battle punctuated <laughs> with a lot of no's, LMAO's. <laughs> good. That's good to hear. Yeah, I guess he's. I guess that's not being sarcastic. No, he's, I think he's it's serious. Sincere, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, uh, he's being sarcastic towards the, uh, to the yeah, dealers. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love it when they use my name. It just... It just uh, yeah, because we, you know the show is, is well well known, and I I say this sometimes almost tongue in cheek, and I'll say to somebody calls me from, you know, out of the area. Everybody knows about the show in this area, but you know somebody will call me from Tampa or Jacksonville, and I'll say to them, tell them that Earl Stewart, your friend Earl Stewart, and they and be, and people in Jacksonville have heard about us. 
So it's really kind of cool. When you're out buying a car, uh, we know, uh, you know, the, you know we, we sell Toyotas. We have a Toyota dealership. Uh, but that's only 15% of the market, so 85% of the time you're buying something else. So when you're buying a Cadillac, you're buying a, a Chevrolet, or whatever you're buying, and you go in there and just say, Earl Stewart's a friend of mine, and he wants to review the deal. <laughs> Give it a try, see what yeah. happens. So I mean, it's a great it feeling. Might, might save you a couple thousand dollars. Great right, we feeling. Could, we or, could, might, or they might attack you, I'm not sure. Maybe we could make t-shirts <laughs> with your picture and it says, friend of Earl. <laughs> they might throw you out of the dealership. They might. You, you know, here's a typical <laughs> evening, last night, I get a telephone call. Someone is asking about purchasing a vehicle. Uh, Stu, amazing. And because Earl Stewart Toyota has been heard, just like Earl just said, everywhere. So Frank says to me, I have heard about Earl Stewart Toyota. I asked Frank where he was from. He said, Orlando. I said, wow. We, we, I said, this is not an infomercial. Thank you. Thank you so much for going. Well, it's not an infomercial no. as much as it is to know um, uh, there's a lot of players here, including Ashley Moody, but uh, it's great to know that you're doing something right and that that kind of news is spreading, that every single dealership is trying, not trying to take advantage of you. That's my point. Now back to Stu. Um, this one's interesting. Um, it says, I got my uh, Subaru WRX, which had an MSRP of $36,000. I got it for $26,000. Because I went in at 5 p.m. by myself the day before Mother's Day and waited until 10 p.m. until they caved. I was the only one in the dealership and they had six staff working two hours past their closing time, LOL. I was like, I can wait all day, bro. I got my smartphone with me. Uh, that's 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 amusing, but I, you probably could have gotten a good price without spending, you know, two days in the de <laughs> dealership you know, just by you, following some of our yeah. advice. Uh, you yeah, know, getting competitive bids. If you have stamina, stamina, very committed, and you have courage, but still. Uh, and even though you may be a little obnoxious, uh, if you're strong enough and you can wear down the car salespeople, it works to your advantage. Yeah, I mean, let me put it this way. Being Mr. or Mrs. Nice Guy does not work buying a car. Right. You can be the nicest person you want to be, yeah. but uh, you have to have a certain amount. You have to be aggressive. You have to, uh, you have to be thick-skinned. You have to be able to weather a lot of BS, and uh, that's the reason it's so difficult uh, to go out there to get Competitive pricing is not an easy thing to do, and it's, this show helps you make it easier. And uh, online buying is a great way to do it. There are easy ways to do yeah. it. But he's right. If, yeah. if you got a smartphone and you can play Words with Friends for five hours at, at the dealership, yeah. then th that might work too. Yeah. Nothing we more don't impressive advise it though. than yeah. to walk into a dealership knowing what you're talking about. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm about to go on a cross-country trip. My car uses synthetic oil. Well, I have to check the oil level every 1,000 miles like I would with regular oil. Uh, how often should you check the oil level with synthetic? Rick? Ah, I check mine when I change it. <laughs> okay. yeah, you don't have to check it every 1,000 miles. Uh, someone no, misinformed you. And uh, you know, just uh, read your owner's manual, and that'll tell you when you need to check your oil. That's yeah. right. Okay, here's a fun one. It says, could Earl and Nancy get in and drive a car with a stick shift today if they had to? I'm going to guess, yeah. It's like riding a bike. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, you might, you might stall it once or twice, but I think you guys could you yeah, handle it once you felt it again. I think I could, uh, I the, think I could pull yeah, that one off. The challenge will be finding a car with a standard transmission. 
I still uh, very much so. <laughs> right. I've tried. You have to find an older car to do it, that. It is amazing to have uh, somebody call you and ask you if you could find them a stick shift. And I didn't realize that they're few and far between. Yeah, I haven't seen one in, in a long time. I learned to drive on a stick shift, and I'm pretty confident if you put me behind the wheel, oh, I'd, I'd pick it up. Oh, yeah, Earl taught me how to drive on an old Toyota uh, mm. truck. I can hop in a car right now. So I, lo I love to do yeah. it. It's, they're fun to drive. Did yeah. you take your test, your driver's test on the stick shift? I did take my driver's test on a stick shift, correct. Did you really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm old. And Rick? I love the part where people think women can't drive stick. My wife drives stick better than I do. Mm -hmm. she, she's got she, the clutch down. Yeah, I she's got throw. rhythm. Yeah. yeah. Got rhythm. I'd love the opportunity to show that off for my kids. Could be like, yeah. what? Ancient contraption, are you driving? <laughs> you, you, you remember the term double clutch? Oh, yeah, yeah. Where you can shift without putting a. I could do that. Or, or the, what is it you do? There's you something the, you can do. There's a sweet spot. You, you can feel it and you force it in the gear. No, no, there's something yeah. you yeah, where you can raise the RPM of the engine to match the transmission. Yeah. Right. So you can shift without using the clutch. You can well, feel that's, it. that's shifting in, in sports. Oh. Power shifting. That's yeah. when you're shifting without using the clutch, yeah. where you're matching the engine and tranny speeds. But like when you're driving heavy trucks, yeah. your double clutch is actually where you are shifting. You're hitting the clutch twice. Oh, okay. Once when you come out of gear, then you yeah. let off and then put the clutch back in. The yeah. other one's power well, shifting, right? Get them, yeah, power shifting. Yeah. And then it, it matches, yeah. synchronizes because uh, heavy trucks don't have synchronizers yeah. in the transmission like sports cars do. Okay, moving right along. Okay. Hello there. Yeah. I live in Alachua County. I'm considering buying a car from your dealership. Would the taxes I pay be for Alachua or your county? They will be the taxes in the, the county that you register the car. So Alachua, that's uh, University of Florida, Gainesville. Yeah, I lived in Alachua County for nine years. Yeah. I don't know what the tax rates are, but uh, <laughs> if you're going to register it um, in Alachua, uh, you're going to pay taxes in Alachua County. Alachua was dry when I was going to University of Florida. We couldn't buy any booze, so everybody went down to Ruby's, a place right across the county line right. south, and we go down there and buy a bunch of liquor and go back and... Uh, Make fools out of ourselves. Alachua County was not dry when I went when I was living there, <laughs> and that's why I stayed there for nine years. Uh, greetings from North Carolina. Enjoy your show. Are today's lower stance sedan designs here to stay? I'm a 69 year old and I drive a small SUV. Easy access and sitting high are nice, but I miss the positives of driving a sedan: comfortable ride, quiet cabin, good fuel economy. I am thinking of trading my SUV for a new Camry or Corolla. Should I wait for the next generation of designs? Thank you. The trend has been away from sedans into um, SUVs and crossovers mm. and all that. Um, mm. Ford, I think, uh, is um, eliminated. I think everything except for the Mustang, right? Yeah. And um, th but there's this, there's still going to be sedans. Um, I don't think they're going to get necessarily taller in size. I can tell you the Camry and Corolla. Um, you're seeing like uh, longer wheelbases, lower stances for better handling and things like that. Um, so I don't anticipate this taller. Like when I picture that when I was growing up, the Know, the Monte Carlos and the Grand Prix and that you know, that taller profile, um, things are getting sportier, more aerodynamic. Um, so, yeah, if well, you want to hire a ride. something like a Venza, where yeah. it's not quite a full SUV, right? But it's kind of like a midway well, that's the crossover. crossover. Yeah. Now the the Venza, not making the commercials, coming out again. They they canceled it for a while and it's coming back. And it mm -hmm. looks. When I looked at the pictures. It looks, it looks like an SUV to me. It, yeah. Some, some of the some more here. We got to have a model like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We'll skip that one. <laughs> here we go. Um, did you ever mystery shot Bev Smith Kia Fort Pierce? We did a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, my guess, based on my experience buying a car from them, is that they're a, a bunch of quote 
sleazy weasels. Uh, by the way, um, their Tires for Life program sucks. The tire is nearly bald before they replace it. Um, answer your first question. Yeah, we did we did Bev Smith Kia recently, and um, we had a good time. I think was that last week. Yeah. Oh, time flies. I no, it was Napleton Kia last week. Oh, but yeah. we've done, oh, yeah. Was it? Yeah. Is Bev Smith on the recommended list or not? Uh, I don't think so. I'd have to check. They're yeah. they're one of those dealers that go either way. Like they're they're on the do not recommend list, and then they'll do something yeah, they nice. Fl- they flip back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're all cut up with anonymous feedback. That was a pretty good lightning round. It was. Yeah. It was, absolutely. Okay, uh, keep texting in at 772-497-6530. We'll, we'll get in the mystery shopping report, but we're starting early, so we'll probably be able to get some text. So you can do some YouTubes, you can do some Facebooks, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to turn the phones off, are we, Nancy? Uh, yes, we are. So yeah. uh, you can, as Earl said, continue to uh, to uh, text. And don't forget to take advantage of www.youranonymousfeedback.com, 877-excuse me, uh, 772-497-6530 is the uh, text number. And ladies, I am disappointed that I didn't have any new lady callers, but there's always next week. And it will be $50 again for the first two new lady callers. Don't forget you can vote on the Mystery Shopping Report. Yes. Agent Lightning is, uh, brought us an interesting report. Okay, uh, this is a Mystery Shop of Arrigo uh, in West Palm Beach, Arrigo Chrysler Jeep Dodge. Uh, they have stores in uh, Weston, uh, Fort Pierce, and I think that they have a fourth store somewhere. I think so. Um, they also, I think they might have changed the name of the dealership because uh, their website is, it's just a, reg- a Rego West Palm now. Oh, anyway, they, uh, yeah. Uh, we had a call earlier that said that he'd heard a rumor that a Rego was sold. We'd heard nothing of the sort, and frankly, it would surprise me if he did sell. I think they're very successful. Uh, I think they're making money hand over fist and selling a ton of cars. He advertises, he's the largest Chrysler Jeep Dodge dealer. Uh, I don't think they mentioned Fiat anymore, uh, but in the uh, USA. And don't they have Aston Martin out there too? I don't know. I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> At any rate, uh, so it's interesting. We are shopping here we go, uh, and we are excited uh, to bring you the first solo mystery shop by our newest investigator, Agent Lightning, who happens to be a female, and uh, we're we have hopes that she will continue as our regular. Uh, alternative to our male shopper who is Agent Thunder. You get it? Thunder and Lightning. <laughs> uh, we had a lot of fun picking this week's target for Agent Lightning to hit with a brand new, I kind of like a Lightning to hit. That's good. Like that. <laughs> with a brand new agent, possibilities are endless because we can talk to all sorts of uh, people. She's, uh, she's unrecognizable, uh, at least now, and we can go back to stores sooner. Uh, we tried to rotate with Agent Thunder and we would try to keep him out for a period of time. With Agent Lightning, we're not restricted anymore. So watch out, car dealers. We can go back in right away because we have another shopper. And she did. She passed her test. She went out last week with Agent Thunder and did a great job and went out this week and did a great job. So beware, Agent Lightning. Uh, so who, uh, who would it be? We, we, we weren't sure. We thought about the, the Grecos. Is it the Greco's or the Greco's? Greco's. Greco's. Uh, kind of like Kiko. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Greco. 
uh, the Napletons? Uh, did we do a Takata test? Uh, we were just uh, tickled about this. Giddy, as Stu wrote in his shopping report. Uh, I like the word giddy. To help us narrow our choices, we did a quick survey of the websites of the biggest dealerships in town. Uh, looking for an ad that would sway us, we found this ad on uh, Rigo's West Palm Beach site. I'll hold it up, you can see that there. And uh, you know, you see something with a $14,000 discount, whoa! You know, $14,000 discount, that's a big discount. And uh, that's the ad we chose, and we went toward a Rigo Dodge Jeep Chrysler, West Palm Beach. $14,000 off new vehicles. That'll get your attention. Of course, we immediately knew what the catches were. The first catch, which negates the promise of the headline, is the phrase, up to. You know, we, we should do this uh, for the uh, blog sites, too. We should get uh, a list of the words that are so virtually the up to, yeah. uh, almost. Uh, I mean, there's... There, there are words that are famous and everything. It's probably, you could probably Google it. We wouldn't have to come up with a list. But there are words that, that uh, don't seem to distract from the fact, but do. It's an, it's an out. So up to is one of them. All this means is there is only, uh, most likely just one vehicle or model with that gigantic discount. It's usually something like a big truck, SUV, uh, Land Cruiser, Toyota dealers like to advertise uh, discounts yeah. because a Land Cruiser has a huge MSRP. Right. You could discount at $10,000 and still make a nice yeah. profit. profit. Yeah. 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 Uh, and they imply you can get it on a Corolla at a Toyota dealership, or they imply you can get it on a Jeep at Chrysler Jeep Dodge. Now, a Jeep is a hot car. You don't get good discounts on Jeep. And someone's seeing an ad thinking, I can get $14,000 off on a Jeep. It brings them in the door, gets them in the door. Uh, and the other catch, of course, in this one was that it only applies to 2019 models. While a lot of dealers may have 2019s on their lots, they're increasingly rare. Uh, we're in the second half of 2020, and the 2021 models are already showing up. So 2019 is an old, old car. Mm -hmm. And remember, this isn't on the subject of the shop here, but you're better off to buy a current model car because the discounts are available on one or two year old cars do not compensate for the depreciation. You buy a new car, 2019 today, you got a two year old car. When it becomes a used car, it's not a used car that you just bought, mm -hmm. it's a used car that people think you bought two years ago. Yeah, and if you buy a 2021, yeah. they think you bought it from the future. And you got thousands of dollars in depreciation and the discount they offered you to buy it doesn't make up for that thousand. So forget about it. Forget about these uh, last year models. Negotiate hard on the current model year. We didn't even need to read the fine print to know that Agent Lightning would not be getting a $14,000 discount. But here it is anyway. And this. <laughs> yeah, that's, the, that's, a, that's the, the size. That's the accurate you, size. You see that black line there? There's print inside that black line. Actual size. You can't see it. But that's what it looks like. That's a fine print. And again, Federal Trade Commission says that anything that modifies the price that's being advertised has to be clearly and conspicuously yep. located near the price that's being advertised. Clearly and conspicuously. Folks, that ain't clear and clearly conspicuous. Clearly it is no. not. But well, luckily I have nice progressive <laughs> lenses. 
Yes. <laughs> my bifocals. Yeah. I can I can read it. So uh, Stu blew it up. And, you may uh, be the only one. So here's what the fine print says. Subject to prior sale, amounts vary <laughs> on select in-stock vehicles. I just like the amounts vary. Yeah, this is interesting, in-stock vehicles. So that's an out right away because car dealers sell a very high percentage of their vehicles that they what we call dealer trade with other dealers. So the guy's looking for a black Jeep and you don't have a black Jeep, but the guy down the street's got a black Jeep. You call him up and everybody does this. We, we swap cars back and forth between dealer inventories of the same make. Toyota dealers swap all. I'll swap a car for the guy in Miami or Jacksonville, even out of state sometimes. And all dealers do this. And so when they say that the ad applies only to in-stock vehicles, it precludes you from probably 25 to 50 percent of the cars he normally sells. So there's another out. Uh, where am I here? Okay, yeah. Uh, plus tax, tax, title, dealer installed options. Okay, we know about that one, don't we? Dealer installed options are virtually worthless uh, things like uh, uh, tint, uh, stripes, yeah. uh, nitrogen in the tires, mud guards, uh, 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 paint sealant. Uh, fabric protection. VIP experiences. Yeah, VIP experience. <laughs> I mean, they, they find something Never that has practically that. no cost, uh -huh. and they raise the price astronomically just to boost the MSRP, basically. Wi-Fi. Yeah, you know, well, well, yeah. We've had the dealer list their Wi-Fi. Yeah, the Wi-Fi in the dealership, not in the car. Not in the car. In the car, yeah. yeah. When you, for your yeah. phone. So it, it, when you buy this car, you get to use the Wi-Fi, and so, well, I guess they go through the customer lounge. They say, "Did you buy the Wi-Fi?" No, because Agent Thunder <laughs> uses away your iPhone. <laughs> Thunder uses the Wi-Fi, and he never really buys the car. Yeah. So. I'm sorry. We'll have to hold your iPhone until you leave. You did not buy the the nickel. The, the right. nickel. Can't make this stuff up. Oh my package. goodness, it's sad. Yeah. We'll bill you. Okay, I, I'm, we're all digressing here. Okay, a dealer sold options, and here's the $799.95 dealer fee at a Rego Dodge Jeep Chrysler. And, and all applicable fees. So what is applicable? Applicable is whatever Rigo they, says whatever they apply. is applicable. <laughs> I'm applying that. It doesn't the say the government fees. That would be okay. It says applicable fees. We'll Open throw it at the wall and see what sticks. Exactly. All discounts, rebates. I'm still in the fine print of the Rigo Jeep. You're Dodge. still in the very beginning of the fine print. I'm in the very beginning, yeah. <laughs> all discounts, rebates, incentives apply to dealer. Uh, that means if you saw an advertisement on this Jeep that it happened to be a rebate and you mentally calculated that in there as a rebate, uh, it isn't your rebate anymore. It's a Rego's rebate baked in to the advertised price. So dealer rebates, customer rebates, any kind of a rebate, and I have a finish here, customer must qualify for a rebate. So that opens the door to you have to be a fireman, you have to be a farmer, you have to be a member of this credit union. Real estate agent. You have to be a real estate agent. You have to uh, have, be driving a, a Jeep now or, you know, the make of whatever they're selling. Uh, what else they got? Uh, Military. Employ. Graduate. Conquest. Yeah, yeah. conquest. You've got Loyalty. To, yeah. So there's... What about llamas? What if I raised llamas? Llamas. That would be the, possibly. the agricultural reality. Exactly. Yeah. And alpacas, too. You could do that. You can make anything up you want to. You put it in the fine print. And that's where we go. Uh, customer must qualify for all rebates. Are there, you know, nobody qualifies. Credit approval financing through capital, uh, Chrysler Capital, may be required. 
other qualifications may be required. <laughs> so that, by the way, that, that's they should just put that. In, that should have been the fine print. Other qualifications yeah, may yeah, be required. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, listen. You're wearing sneakers. You don't wear. You don't qualify. Today's loafer day. You have to be wearing hard sole shoes, and it says right here, uh, other qualifications may apply. Sneakers. Not all buyers will qualify. Well, nobody's going to qualify. <laughs> Not in conjunction with other offers. Uh, see dealer for details. Well, there's another catch-all. I mean, the fine print totally exonerates the uh, dealer from any uh, uh, semblance of, I'll sell you the car at that price. They don't have to sell it to you for anywhere near that price. Art for illustration purposes only. Well, you said you said this Jeep was for sale. There's a Jeep. Oh, that's just illustration. Yeah. We're talking about a Fiat. Yeah. yeah, that. Or we, we hey, to, I want the I want the fancy alloy wheels in the ad. Yeah. No, that's just for illustration. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, they're going to save some space on the ad by replacing disclosure, and I I, I own this uh, website by the way, www.aintgonnahappen.com. <laughs> I I actually own that website, and we we need to populate yeah, that yeah. website. That's one We're of my, saving it for yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't we use that a lot at home. Let, let's let's put pictures of <laughs> Bigfoot and the Loch Ness monster, along with car advertisements on it. Okay, we're we're shopping a Rio Jeep Dodge West Palm Beach. The ad wasn't posted to communicate a real proposal to potential customers. It was posted to attract the desperate and the gullible. What's on the uh, Statue of Liberty? Give us your give us your poor, huddled masses. tired, huddled yeah. masses, yes, yearning. Yeah, it says we're it's the huddled masses. It was posted to get him in the door. Oh, boy. Okay, here's a report. Now, this is a historic, the first, uh, first solo journey by Agent Lightning. And Agent Lightning, I hope you're listening. I really do, because uh, you did a fabulous job, and you've got a great career here, and we look forward to many, many more shops. I'll be reading in the first person as if I were Agent Lightning. Should I use a falsetto? No, no that would be uh, no. patronizing. I'd, I'd, embarrassing, it would be. For my first mission, I brought my 16-year-old son to help with my cover story. I intended to buy a new Jeep Wrangler for him. We arrived at 1.20 p.m. parked, headed to the showroom. Along the way, we saw a Jeep Wrangler being unloaded from a flatbed truck. Emblazoned on the windshield was a big yellow sign that read 2019. The Monroni label which was sloppily scotch-taped and lying on the seat, showed it had an MSRP of $53,735. I'm proud of those things. Yes, yeah, yeah. My son and I entered a Rego showroom. A young masked woman. Who was that masked woman? A <laughs> <laughs> young masked woman. Was cat girl. Yeah. Uh, seated at the front seat behind a plastic shield said, hello, that's all, that's all good. Plastic shield, mask, that's good and asked if we had been there before. I said, I hadn't. The receptionist called a salesman named Adrian, wearing a mask. That was a male Adrian, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Adrian asked me uh, what vehicle I was interested in. I introduced my son, myself, and I said, I would seen their ad for $14,000 off. I said I was buying a new Wrangler for my son, and $14,000 off would be a huge help. Right away, Adrian reported that he didn't think he had any 2019 Wranglers left. It is kind of strange they had one. Uh, he said we would need to check the area of the lot where they kept all the 2019s. The three of us went outside to the 2019 area. 
Adrian said he didn't see any 2019 Wranglers. My son interjected to say, we'd seen one when we first got here. Uh, he asked me uh, where, and I said, led him back uh, through the showroom and outside again to where we saw the Jeep. Adrian joked, this was a sign, and it meant this was for me. That's fast. Adrian's fast. That's a good answer. The 2019 Wrangler, at first when I read this, I didn't realize, and, and, and then I put two and two together. Uh, Adrian probably didn't know the vehicle was there, just came in on the flatbed, and it wasn't logged into the computer yet. So Adrian wasn't being deceptive, I don't believe, hmm. at that point. He, it was unlikely that he knew the Jeep was there. Hmm. Uh, it was unlocked. We began to explore. Adrian picked up the Moroni label, reported this was fully loaded. It had every option available. I asked him if he could get the keys so we could drive it. Adrian left to get the keys and the dealer plate without asking for my driver's license or anything else. Now that's uh, probably shouldn't be using Adrian's name Oops. now because Adrian's in trouble. And when the Rigos find out that a salesman uh, put uh, lightning out and a vehicle driving it without seeing the license plate, license driver's license, or making a copy of it. There's two things. When they copy your driver's license, they have a lot of good private information. They know your date of birth, they know your address and your name, they have your picture. This is all good stuff. But it also covers them with their insurance company. If you wreck the car and you have their driver's license information, then that protects you because you did your due diligence. Without that, she wrecks the car, Arrigo's liable. So Adrian's probably going to get scolded for this. I hope it's nothing more serious than a scolding. Uh, he returned, Adrian did, in eight minutes. Uh, we hopped in, drove off the lot. I joked that I hope to pass my driving test. I'm, no, I'm Agent Lightning. I said, I hope to pass my driving test and get a license soon, which resulted in a panic look. <laughs> this is really funny. Uh, on Adrian's face, he, I mean, I can't do it. I got the mask on, but I'll do my eyes. <laughs> and, uh, and then my son started laughing and said, Mom's just messing with you. <laughs> I love that. Mom's messing with you. Anyway, that would have been... The guy, you know, the guy probably thought, oh, I forgot to get the driver's license. Oh, right, yeah. And then she says, I, I don't know how to drive. I, <laughs> I don't have a driver's license. Yeah. <laughs> Agent Lightning's got a good sense of humor. Mm -hmm. On the drive, Adrian explained that the Wranglers don't usually qualify for big discounts. Like the $14,000 off ad, he said they don't need to because they hold their value. I warned him that I promised my son I'd get him a Wrangler today, and I hoped he would not be disappointed. Now, you know, you got to give the devil its due. He's right. Jeeps do hold their value, mm -hmm. and they don't discount them. And sometimes you're better off buying a car with a high resale value that holds its value than to buy a cheap one like a Fiat with a big discount. Now, there's two vehicles sold from uh, the Arrigo sells. He sells Fiats. He sells Jeeps. I'd rather pay sticker for a Jeep than get a $1,000 discount off a Fiat. There's a Fiat is a, is a is a junk pile, and they depreciate, and nobody wants to use Fiat. And uh, Wranglers and Jeeps have extremely high resale value. Mm -hmm. Ah, but I digressed. I warned him that I promised my son. Okay, I said I was recently divorced, but my ex was going to help out with a purchase. Adrian said he would do his best to get me a deal, and suggested looking at a lesser equipped 2020 model at a lower price. Again, that would have been a good idea. Uh, if you're really buying a vehicle, buy the current model. I said I wanted the deal promised in the ad. I want $14,000 off that Jeep, and that's what the ad said. 
surprisingly, Adrian never jumped in and said anything about qualifi qualifications. He just just stuck to his guns. We returned to the lot. Adrian gave us a thorough presentation. He was a Jeep expert, showing us every feature on the vehicle. He said that if we didn't have any questions, uh, he would put some numbers together for us. We went inside, sat at the desk. Adrian left to speak with the manager. He returned with a piece of paper labeled guest sheet. Guest sheet. Nice touch. Instead of worksheet, I like that guest sheet. The top portion of the document where the vehicle information was supposed to go had blue ballpoint pen chicken scratch written on it. The bottom part in big green sharpie read 53,735 and then like a 3985 and then in parentheses and then 49.750 with plus plus plus. I asked Adrian for details like an itemized breakdown and estimated payments, but he kept pushing me to submit a credit application. I said, I'd only do that after I'd seen the details. Smart. You don't. You, a lot of dealerships, they just almost handcuff you until you give them a credit statement. Don't give them a credit statement. Adrian said this was not his specialty. His job uh, was uh, simply to find a vehicle and learn everything about it. That's a system in a lot of car dealerships. It's the price is always... Uh, handled by a manager. <coughs> and then I asked him, what's plus, plus, plus mean? Adrian replied, taxes, title, and plates. Eh. It should be plus, 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 plus. Eh, that ain't true. I mean, obviously. Adrian asked me if I had a number in mind that I'd like to negotiate. This is really old school. He said he would take uh, take my offer to my sales manager. Here we go. You know, it's like musical chairs. Let's go. I'm going to talk to my manager. And the two of them go outside, smoke a cigarette, have a cup of coffee, and you come back and you play the game. <laughs> I said I wouldn't even know where to start. I don't know any specifics. I don't know what sort of payments I'm looking at. He said he was going to get his manager. Adrian got his manager and began speaking without any introduction. Never said, hey, I'm George. How you doing? Uh, thanks for coming in. He just went into his spiel. He told Adrian to sit down next to him and said he understood I want to know what my payments would be. He said, generally speaking, my payments would be $21 for every thousand finance. Now, that means 8%. Uh, Insane. Truth in lending requires you to disclose it by the amount per thousand. What a stupid government bureaucratic idea that is. Who knows, unless you have a chart, what $21 per thousand is. Well, we do have a chart, and it's 8%. Why not put in 8%? And then you don't have to go back. They let them get away with this. They should uh, disclose both. Yeah. I asked him what he could do about the price because I came in on the $14,000 discount and not $3,985. The sales manager laughed and said, everything's negotiable. Ho, ho, ho. He said maybe he could go another 3000 maybe 4000 then the sales manager looked at Adrian and asked him, asked him, what if she leases? She could buy at the end of the lease. Adrian replied that the 2019s do not have a lease program. Huh. The sales manager said, hold on. Picked up the guest sheet, left. He returned with the uh, guest sheet with new figures scrawled on the back of the sheet and black uh, ballpoint pen. For $1,500 down plus tax and tag, I could lease for 42 months and 10,000 miles per year, that's low mileage, for just $599. Advise, believe me, I have 32 salespeople who are fighting to sell this Jeep. Probably true. 
It's the only 2019 left. It's not even officially in our inventory yet. You better grab it while you can. I'm not trying any sales tactics here. I guarantee you this thing will be gone Saturday. You know, old school, albeit true, that's uh, last year. Uh, I pretended to get flustered, said I was feeling overwhelmed. My son comforted me, comforted me and suggested we walk outside and get some air. He told the men that I just needed some space. Give mom some space. Hey. The sales manager said, sure, and stood up. My son and I walked outside for about five minutes and came back in. Now listen to this. I love this. I, I'm Agent Lightning. I worked up some false tears. <laughs> I love it. False tears. Found Adrian, told him that this was too much right now. I said, I understood the Jeep might get sold, but I need to leave. He handed me his card, and he'd follow up. Wow. What a round of applause for Agent Lightning. Great job. The Great tears. job. Yep. Love the tears. And uh, there we are. And now we, we come to uh, grade, grading time. And uh, what do we do with Arrigo uh, Chrysler Jeep Dodge, West Palm Beach? And uh, the first uh, solo female shop for Agent Lightning. Do you want me to tell you what to do with them? Uh, as long as it's not going to be bleeped. <laughs> we don't have a bleeper, so, you yeah. know. So who's got some scores here? Uh, Nancy? Uh, let's, let's go to uh, our... I got uh, Bob on Facebook uh, gives him a D. Uh, we have Chris who just texted in um, a F. I'm waiting for Linda's. I'm going to... I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say... A D. I mean, I think this is standard. I think on the curve, it's a D. I mean, it's not a wholehearted recommendation, but we've seen worse. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, standard old school. Uh, we've shopped to Rigo many times, and uh, there's, there's no, uh, nobody's breaking the law. Uh, it's... Uh, well, kind of. Well, they're, they're breaking the law in the sense that they don't include the dealer fee and the advertised price. Yeah. And uh, of course, everybody's doing that. So, all right, uh, Bob. Uh, we have uh, somebody in Wellington. Who is that? Jonathan Wellington gives him a D. Okay, Rick. Well, I've got uh, Tim Gilliland D minus, including all applicable fees. <laughs> Mr. Hand stormed the dealership with pitchforks and torches. F. <laughs> uh, Mark Ryan with a D minus. Wayne with a big D. And myself, personally, I'm going with a D. I think yeah. it's a pass, yeah. but yeah. you you got to be ready for them when you go in there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'm, I'm going to give them a C. I, uh, you know, it's just that's just an average dealership. You can start with Bob, Bob in Maryland gives them a C also. Uh, oh, really? I'm going to give them a D. It's uh, better than last week's uh, Napleton yeah. report, yeah. that's for sure. And I'm going to give an A to Agent Lightning and absolutely. her son. Absolutely. Well done. Great job. Oh. And we look forward to many, many more shops. Absolutely. Uh, uh, sorry, sorry, Linda. Linda does not agree with our grades. Yeah. She gives them an F minus. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, you know, uh, just so everybody knows, we grade on the curve, and the curve means that right. the best. Right. Their the actual their actual score is like a forty nine. Yeah. But it's. I it's mean, if we graded on a straight A B C D, there'd be no dealers in Florida we'd recommend. And I've got Mark Anderson A for Thunder. I think he meant Lightning. And D for confusing negotiation. Yeah. And guy with a D minus. <laughs> yeah. Okay, folks, we have one minute left, and well, uh, I am going to thank all of you for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars, and we will be right back here next week. Have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe.